Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. Today, I'd like to attempt to explain the ecology of fame. Perhaps there is no better case study than the life and career of the French artist Currado Malaspina. Now, fame comes in many forms and is measured in many different ways. Fame is said to be contagious, and those who operate within the Elysian community of prominent people tend to become celebrated themselves. Currado drops names as casually and as thoughtlessly as others might drop fish flakes in a pond of nibbling carp. He frequently mentions his hopeless romance with the Czech ballerina Tanya Minette and how athletic she is both on and off the dance floor. He loves to reminisce of his days in Cuba, choreographing grand socialist pageants with the Havana painter Mika Carpentier. He describes these public spectacles of crass artistic agitprop as sly tributes to Jacques-Louis David, the darling of the French Revolution. He sees his service to the socialist state as nothing more than an elaborate practical joke played on a simple-minded public fascinated with scandal and duplicity. He often speaks, quite sentimentally, of his alleged mentorship under Martin Buber and describes how the great 20th century philosopher confessed after a couple of pineapple daiquiris at the bar of the Metropole Hotel in Vienna that the famous formulation of I Thou was merely an acronym for In the Hell of Utopia. Currado is never starstruck. He says that everyone loosens their belt when they visit the loo, so why even blink at an aristocrat? Human nature, in all its variety, is to him the apples of the Hesperides. He is delighted equally with the follies and foibles of his dry cleaner as he is with those of the many museum curators who regularly bang on his studio door. It doesn't matter if you're a head waiter or a head of state. Currado will find you fascinating. I'll never forget the opening of his fabled exhibition of monumental monotypes very early in his career at Galerie Philippe Touton on Boulevard Raspail in Paris. Merleau-Ponty was there arguing with Lévi-Strauss, an aging, feeble Sartre, was ogling Catherine Deneuve, who in turn was chatting up an ascotted Balthus. Pierre Salinger was trying to impress John Ashbery by reciting from memory Raymond Roussel's poem Mon Homme. Bud Powell was playing Cleopatra's Dream on an old, out-of-tune Bosendorfer, and Currado was standing quietly alone, watching the drama unfold like an idle spectator waiting for a train. When the gallery finally cleared at about 3 a.m., 
I asked Curado if he felt the evening was a success. Success, he said, it seems to me will be the inevitable cross I'll have to bear. But honestly, it is failure that intrigues me more and the prospect of what frailty might force one to endure. There are some for whom flamboyance is a disguise. They behave in ways so conspicuous that their legitimate selves become lost in a tangle of histrionics. Others operate within a musky bog of supreme confidence and discreetly go about their business with a graceful aura of sprezzatura. And then there is Curado, with his nicotined baritone and his all-weather green felt hat, Curado manages to make everyone around him feel simultaneously welcome and degraded. It's an odd talent, and I don't think it's anything deliberate, but when he enters a room, the air suddenly thickens with the dread and suspense of anticipation. He's like two people operating within one elastic, dramaturgical skin. On any given day, you never know which curado you'll get. This is annoying, but it also can be breathtaking. Think about it. How many people do you know who can captivate and repel you both at the same time? He's fascinating even when he's most irritating. Come to think of it, especially when he's irritating. Or, or as he likes to say, Fig off, be careful. Because when you get even a little bit attached to this mercurial Frenchman, you find yourself trapped in the manipulative tentacles of his not exactly salubrious influence. Only a Svengali of such exquisite effectiveness. One who can mesmerize even the most jaded and cold would be capable of producing a body of work so popular and yet so bereft of any meaning. Or, in the words of Malaspina, thank God for ignorance. That's it for today, and please stay tuned for our next podcast where we'll talk about the remarkable work of the Los Angeles artist, Dahlia Danton.